Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It is your Capes Crusader, Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our brand new friend, Buster Kegel. We're here to break down his awesome indie comic, The Last Aviatrix, and so much more. And I remember when we first initially started talking, he gave me a breakdown that this was like Mad Max meets like a, a battling a wizard on an airplane, and I was kind of... I was like, what? And then I read it and it made such perfect sense, man. I love it. Uh, Buster, welcome. Give us a little bit of a breakdown of who you are. Hey, um, I don't know. I'm Buster Cagle. I, I am a animator and a, and a comic book artist in, here in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know. I make, uh, the last aviatrix. Um, it's not a lot more to it than that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's a little bit of your history have have you created anything before this have you done like any like major like art projects like you know give us the dude <laughs> i can't work today give us the juice give us the deets all right let's a little bit of my creative history you want to know the funniest part we <laughs> the comic books are like actually rather new i started i really started like getting into comic books like trying to draw comic books week number three of our two week COVID lockdown mm -hmm. that was like oh no this is this is gonna be a while I need a project <laughs> I need a project <laughs> where I don't need to work with anybody else so like let's make a comic book I've been taking like art classes and things so I just kind of gave it a shot before that um, I made a rock opera and that's, <laughs> I made like a, a two album rock opera and, uh, that was pretty cool. But you know, if you're doing music and then suddenly you can't be in a room with two other people, you kind of need to do something else. So started making comic books that's so cool though a rock opera that is like so what, what was your musical like what were you uh what were you playing what were you doing i was playing guitar um that's so awesome <laughs> it's, it's like the most ridiculous thing now i it was uh it was like a rock opera about 80s punk and then like chicago blues i like it though that is so cool how long have you been playing guitar for um years now I that's guess. awesome dude yeah dude I, I play a little bit of acoustic myself i i wanted to play electric but i couldn't get my fingers to move fast enough and it was like the dexterity like it always made me so mad because I, I i would learn the notes i could i could get it but i never could get it fast enough oh man it's so all rock opera <laughs> <laughs> so I, how did how did you end up uh making comics i mean i'm not gonna dive in it seems like there was a, maybe a little bit of uh of, of, of something that happened where you didn't want to be with the other two, but you know, Oh no, no, that was fine. Like it was genuinely like, Oh, there's a coronavirus. Oh! I should, I shouldn't be with other people. I thought, I thought there was like some rock opera beef going on. I'm like, dude, this story is escalating. This no. is escalating. <laughs> no, those, those dudes are cool. It's just like, it's really hard to be a musician right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you created uh, these four issues and uh, wow, as as writer and and creator or artist, that is like just insane. How many pages uh, per issue are these? Um, they're all they float around fifty. the The shortest one is forty two, and the last one I did is sixty four. So wow, you know, they're, they're like chunky boys. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. 
like what how, how did you break into creating indie comics I, I know you had that that little break where you stopped doing the rock opera but what drove you into creating you know your your book you know getting into this i mean and what did you do along the way to kind of get into like paneling and learning how to design these books i mean so like there's a there's a point a while ago where i was like watching a lot of like children's cartoons i'm just like how do you how do you do this how how would how does somebody even approach like doing this and i watched an interview with rebecca sugar the person who made steven universe and they just were like adamantly like if you want to make cartoons the best thing you can make is comic books because comic books are the ultimate like here's a cartoon but I, I can make this perfectly and have no budget. All I need is is like a good pen and a piece of paper and you can make an excellent comic book. If you want to make a cartoon, you need millions of dollars. If you want to make uh, if you want to make a rock opera, you need a lot of equipment. <laughs> but if you want to make a comic book, the be- the genuine beauty of a comic book is if you have a good piece of paper and a nice pen, what is that like like five bucks <laughs> you can make I, but yeah, I mean I feel like you're kind of underselling yourself too because like everyone can have that but not everyone can have the experience or the ability to draw you know the ability to to conceive these this imagery in their head and produce it on paper I mean you've done like such an outstanding job and the fact that you created four issues over like the last like two years and we're able to construct them in a way like I, I would have never guessed that you know I would have took this as like a project that's been like that you've been doing for years no, this was, this was, uh, I think I thought of the story a little bit before I like really went to draw it, but like maybe a year before, mm-hmm. um, but no, you just jump in. I, I hate this because it's, it's really like bad advice, but it's also the only advice, which is the trick to any of these things is to just start. Yeah. Yeah. And just. <laughs> the, re- the real trick to it is, um, all right. Can I can I tell you a story that's a, yeah, little, bit, yeah. a little bit mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean this is this is your your time to shine. Take it however you want, man. Part I went to LA Zine Fest, which is like you know a big kind of zine and comic thing in LA, mm-hmm. and I I'm a little bit of an art snob. And I'm walking around, and I'm like, oh, man, you can just do anything. Like, <laughs> you, sh- you don't have to be a very good artist to be here and have a table and have a thing. I should stop worrying so much about that and just, like, do something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just jump in. If if you don't like your art, you can always go back and redraw all the faces and then print the issue one again. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like such a, like a, a huge task too. I mean, how, how's that been for you? Has that been something where you just been knocking out in chunks or just trying to get it done? Oh, the, the redraw. Yeah. I'll be Frank. Um, I, th- I looked at that and I'm like, Oh God, this is going to be a giant mess. I'm like, I'm almost done. It's been like four days. <laughs> It's just like <laughs> you make that first issue and you're like, this is really hard. Now I've got like 200 pages, probably like 250 if you count all the fiddling with like just drawing these characters over mm-hmm. and over again. You could just you could just do it. Also, you're not 
it's not uh rethinking any paneling or rethinking what they're doing it's just like oh why are their eyes so high all the time (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that still has to be like tedious to a point you know having to go through and and redo everything but i would almost imagine that like that inner art snob is like pleased you're just like "Mm, finally (laughs) (laughs) it's an inner art snob who's who's much meaner than that he looks and he goes uh, acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> so, what inspired this? I mean, this is such a like a grandiose tale. I love the character. Uh, you know, we we find out the character's name later on, but in most of issue one, uh, her name's not revealed. And then the way she comes across, like getting her, uh, what I would almost assume is her sidekick at that point, uh, was a really interesting way too. So, I mean, just your ability to storytell as well uh, came off like rather experienced. I mean, the way your dialogue was good, your exposition building was awesome, the world building. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal that you did four of these issues in in two years without like really a whole lot of experience. I mean, um, I... (laughs) <laughs> it's I mean, like where do asking, i begin <laughs> you're asking me it's like wait so why why is this so good and i'm like uh, <laughs> um well no 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 so t- i was asking about um you know your influences and stuff oh, okay. uh, I, I i was i was just stroking the ego a little bit with the tail <laughs> no, um this this really came about from um oh who who is it alan moore somebody was like it, I don't think it was Alan Moore. Someone else was like, one of the best inspirations is not not great things, but things that aren't very good that you like that are like almost good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is very much me taking a couple things that I really liked that were almost good <laughs> and trying to put my spin on them and like, how would I make the how would I make this thing in a way that like I would like? So there's a, there's a book series. I think they made it into a movie that was even worse than the books, but the books are called mortal engines and it's really (laughs) close to being good. And it's, they're just not very good, but they're really close. So what, uh, what would you say like made it miss the mark? Um, the, I mean, I feel like the the answer to how would I have made how would I have made this thing better is the comic book I made. <laughs> you you need to you know you need to lean into your characters and your uh, your world in a way that makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. That, um, seems a little bit more fantastical. That that whole thing is like, oh boy! <laughs> I explain why Mortal Engines isn't very good. <laughs> I don't know. It just uh... this is a real question I have to think about now. Hey, uh, we could always pivot. That's not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. I also <laughs> just like dump on a thing somebody probably loves yeah 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 i you know sometimes for me um i like to ask questions like probing questions like that because like sometimes that response can like bring out another you know good nice little gem but 
uh, yeah, I just, I, I love the this world. Give us a little bit of a, of a breakdown of what happened. You know, maybe what caused this post-apocalyptic environment. I mean, we have wizards. Uh, we have airplanes powered by atomic bombs. Like, what is what is going on? <laughs> so is, all right. The, so beyond, like, inspiration of, of uh, you know, take a thing you kind, you like but is bad and make it what you would think would be a good version. Mm -hmm. this, this comic book is based 100% around um, write a story comprised only of things that you want to draw. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I was trying to make a detective story forever. So I was like, all right, there's nothing fantastical about this. It's just, it's just low to the ground, black and white. Oh man, I really wish I could put like a wizard in this <laughs> or something. <laughs> and so I started writing this like post nuclear adventure comic and I I was like, who could the bad guy be? This is already fantastic enough. Can I make it a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> can I can I be like like let's have a nuclear powered wizard in there. So is the the wizards uh, Adam Bourne as well? The wizard, yeah, they're both Adam Bourne. So, well, uh, what what is the premise of being uh, Adam Bourne? Like, what is that? And what's that mean for that individual? Um, well, they're kind of uh, these these weird, like, semi immortal, super powered beings that are just like the the couple that the couple that are around are kind of uh, bastards. <laughs> they're like. They're always messing with people. They're like attacking cities and people and and things. And uh, so, like these cities, they talk about how they have all these defenses for when they show up, and it like deters them enough. They don't really mess with the cities. But you like you see, as soon as she leaves, as soon as like our our last aviatrix like gets a little bit away from the city, the wizard. <laughs> this dude's like, oh, it's time. <laughs> so, uh, are there three of them? Um, there are four of them. Okay, because uh, I remember, I think it was issue three, because uh, what I did was I saved some of the covers as like an image slideshow for us. So um, I seen this, uh, this uh, like the, almost like the Mount Rushmore of uh, three of them. Oh yeah, there's, there's the Mount Rushmore of those three and then there's Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's four of them. So yeah. do, do the three know about Henry or is that kind of like a hidden? Um, the, the one with the beard, the one we've like seen who's mm -hmm. not on a statue like knows about him because oh he, he got lit the up by him it's <laughs> <laughs> aware. aware now for sure oh wow. man uh so i loved it too henry oppenheimer i was like wow come on <laughs> dude i love i love just giving names that are on the nose so I, like what makes them uh, adam born though like how do you how do you become adam born do you have to be like born around like the radiation like what creates these individuals i'm gonna be honest i I keep, I've gotten that question a few times. I think that's the midichlorian question. I think that's the like, they're big magic wizards. If I explain where the big magic wizards come from, it kind of ruins the magic. Mm -hmm. they're, they're big magic wizards. They show up, they're nuclear powered. It's just kind of, you know, you go with it. <laughs> But I, you know, I love the way you were able to transition Henry, though, because not only is he Adam born, but he's able to speak to it, to it. It makes so it makes him like a natural born like mechanic. Like he, he doesn't yeah. even, yeah, he's able just to talk to the engine to see what's wrong. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. 
And uh, the, the way uh, that you were able to do like the little bit of foreshadowing in the beginning and then to have Summer like grab his shoulder and then just use that, the, the, the words. Um, what was your influences for coming up with that spell? Like, I mean, like what type of language was that? Oh, was that something? <laughs> you wanna, that, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's Cyrillic, it's Russian. <laughs> uh, the the magic spell that shoots the lightning is the um the Russian letters for the the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome though. I'm dude. just like this just looks cool and it looks weird. And I always think of like magic being like magic spells are always Latin. I'm like, nah that if I have a nuclear wizard, the magic spell should be Russian. It would be so much scarier too, right? <laughs> I, I guess. I feel Russian has like a good like grit to it too. Dude. <laughs> so uh, this airplane, how uh, the concept of it being powered by an atomic bomb, is that something that like you looked into or were you, you know, like what is the science behind that? Oh, the... This, this jumped all over the place. So the first version of this, um, the first version of this, I was like, all right, there's no way an airplane like this would still work. It, it was like a weird hot air balloon for a while. <laughs> she was going to like have the fuselage and no wings <laughs> and just like a hot air balloon. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, like a nuclear reactor can just make heat all the time. So I'm like, if you had a hot air balloon, that could lift the reactor. It would just make hot air forever. And then eventually I was like, if I have a hot air balloon, I literally have the slowest moving aircraft ever made. <laughs> yeah, dude, how are you gonna get away from that wizard? <laughs> I was just like, I, I basically, when she was in the hot air balloon, it was basically about her like never coming to the ground. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, eventually I was like, okay, maybe the plane should work, and that way you can have chases. Well, how would I deal with her having fuel? Could I still have a nuclear-powered airplane? And apparently, in in history, in, like, the, the 50s and 60s, they made, like, two nuclear-powered airplanes that just didn't run on gas, or, like, you know, could run on the, yeah. the reactor. So, like, it was theoretically a thing. And then I was just like, how do I design like a furnace or something that's like clearly a nuclear reactor? I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, let's just have them make it out of a bomb. Could you make a real nuclear reactor out of a bomb? It would be difficult, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they have submarines. Like submarines are underwater airplanes, right? It, yeah. <laughs> Without wings. <laughs> Little little same, same concept, I'm sure. <laughs> oh man, I, I and uh, the way uh, you uh, the airplane. So this is the only airplane in the world at the time, right? Yeah, she's and, got the she's got the last one for now. So give us a little bit of a breakdown of Summer. You know, she's missing some body parts. She's missing an eye. You know, yeah. what's her story? Um, and then what we'll do is after this, we'll actually we'll dive into the first issue together with Buster and kind of break down some of the the pages. So she's, um, you know, she's like a, a lady who's like been around for a while. She's like, uh, I don't know. I was writing this. So I'm like, yeah, it's just, I want like, I don't know. I got tired of that. Like 
the I feel like this is in manga all the time where it's like, who's gonna save the world? Oh, it's a teenager. I'm like, eh, what if we had like a like an experienced like middle-aged woman who like knew everything about how stuff works. So like she she's like um kind of <laughs> she's kind of mean, but she's she's good but kind of mean and she's uh very aware of her world and she's been going around helping people a bunch cuz she has this airplane so she can do a bunch of things that people can't do. Other people talk about traveling and traveling is this big hard thing. Going from any city to another is like this grand thing. Later on there's a character who's like I got to <laughs> she did go very far, but she's like I got from from New York to the Ukraine and that took me 5 years. <laughs> And so, like, this idea of, you know, without vehicles or without, like, anything... Well, you know, there's some beasts of burden, but they're weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they don't show up a lot in that first issue. There, There's uh, some good giant bugs. I think issue two, the cover is... Yeah, it's her writing one, yeah. So, um, you know, she's this... This, uh bit of an old grizzled kind of han solo lady you know big old airplane so speaking of the the mad max i kind of did get a um i'm gonna butcher this uh is it furiosa there's a little bit of there's a little bit of furiosa and then i get i get real worried about the furiosa parts (laughs) i don't know you 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 love things and then you want to do them and then you get you know a little bit of like am i ripping this off well, no, you know, Fiorosa was a little bit more compassionate, though. I, I, I would say you, you uh, the, the, this character, like, hurt Summer's development, you know. Like, especially, like, when the kid ran up to her and she's like, I'll make your eye look like mine. I was like, woo. So, you know, I think she has that that spiciness to her that, that you know, separates her. And then her design, too, is like, you know, Furiosa was uh, white. Uh, or uh, at least, you know, in, in the movie. Um, speaking of that, was it hard for you to write uh, a woman character? Uh, was that something that you had trouble with? Did you have to do, like, any beta reading? You know, because I, I, I felt like you did a pretty good job. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious behind that as well. Oh. I mean, not really. She's, she's not, I'll be honest, she's just not very feminine. She's not really like, oh, am I writing... Uh, this character that's nothing like me. It's like, no, I'm just sort of writing it like a interesting action hero. Like, we all know, like, you know, how to write a character who's like, I'm in trouble. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. There's there's a wizard. What do I want? <laughs> where, am I, where am I going? How do I survive this? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Like, you... you I think you intuit how to write some another character that is not you, even though you don't share a lot of attributes with them. You you know you you get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I have a lot of beta readers. Like I show it to all my friends, but I there's no secret to it. You just like empathize. No, I gotcha. Hey hey, 
I think, uh, you know, it's it seems like that's like it worked perfect for you, though. So, I mean, if, it, if it's not broken, don't break it, right? Or something along those lines. I know that saying's along those lines. Um, speaking of that, though, let's go ahead and break into the first issue. All right. Yeah, those segues are getting perfect. I know. <laughs> so we are going to be looking at issue number one. Let me go ahead and scroll up to... That way we are... Starting right off the first issue. And keep in mind, Buster did go through and redraw most uh, most of uh, issue one. Uh, a lot yeah. of the faces and stuff. Um, getting ready for uh, a con. Uh, which con are you going to be heading to? Oh, it's the San Diego Comic Con. Ooh. Like, the big boy. All right, so let's check it out. So right here is issue number one, and we are looking at that uh, that bastard wizard that just won't leave her alone. <laughs> and uh, here is uh, the woman of the hour, Summer. So you hear the sound so seldomly heard, the roaring mo motors, an aluminum bird. If the day is clear and with some luck, we'll see her there above the muck. The I, What is that word? Albatross. The, the albatross tears through the sky, and the last avatrix still flies. So, th is this an actual like poem, or is this something that you made? Um, I mean, I wrote the poem. Well, no, no, no. I, I meant like, was it something? Because you said the word actually means like woman, uh, uh, aviator or avatar. So, um, I was curious if maybe this was like something that was actually from that too. Oh no, this this is in the world. Oh, that's this so is cool. Like, so like. People kind of know about her because mm -hmm. I I had this image of like in a world where like every machine is broken mm -hmm. and things are bad. The idea that every once in a while, also the plane she's in, it's loud as hell. Yeah. So every once in a while, you just see a thing fly by that's loud <laughs> and it's high, and you're like, what is that? That would just sort of break people's brains a little bit in this mm -hmm. world. So I liked the idea of her being this kind of folk hero character because she's kind of a, like a shooting star almost. So people know know vaguely who she is. And so this poem is part of that. It's like, hey, what's that that airplane? It's like, oh, well, there's a there's a story about that. Was this all done uh, traditional or did you do it digitally? Um, so this started traditional and then I went back and touched up a lot of it digitally, and then by issue three, I was just drawing full on on the computer. But this still has some ink and paper in it. I gotcha. So right here we see her shutting off the engines as she's getting ready to enter this city right here off in the distance. We see a lot, lot of barren desert and land. Um, and then she, uh, she meets a rather interesting person right here. So we find out that she's late. And there's end uh there's uh problems with the engine engine three starting to overheat and this is where we get introduced to henry um, but oh, yeah. at the at the time we don't know that he's a mechanic or um adam born so i really thought that was awesome that you kind of like were able to throw introduce him so early on without knowing the importance of him oh yeah he's just in the like in the first page and he's just there mm -hmm. he's just like these two people are negotiating and i'm i'm the little boy i'm just here and uh, we, we see that she's heading off to the library uh, after settling on a price to get the plane over overhauled. It was really funny, too, because she thinks that this lady right here is the mechanic. But then she later finds out that she's just she pretty much like enslaved this boy to do all the, the dirty work for her. There's oh, yeah. a nice little close up of the plane, too. So what uh, what influences did you have for the design of the plane? Oh, dude, that's a real. Pl that's the that's a B-29. That's the plane. <laughs> 
this is a thing where I'm like, oh, this will be cool. And then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is kind of weird and grim. But that's uh, that's the plane that dropped the first nuclear bomb. So, like, eventually that will come up. That is mm -hmm. part of why the wizard is like... <laughs> Fuck <"Look>, you. <laughs> you're, you're driving around in this abomination, this, like, historical, like, like this giant war mm -hmm. crime machine. Like, I do not like this. <laughs> but it's, it's a thing that works for her. And then we get a nice little look of the landscape in the city. I thought you did an awesome job having, like, the graffiti, and then we see, like, some... Some like foliage or mushrooms growing up on the corners of this. So you kind of tell it's been run down and blown up for quite some time. How long has it been since the world like turned into this wasteland? Oh, it's been uh, 90 years. So it's, it's like basically, <laughs> I think at one point he says it later on, but the, the librarian character is the last person who is alive before the war. So he's like, he's the last guy who's kind of still living in the past. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is just like, this is uh, this is bad, but this is the world I know. And so then, like, the, okay. even this guy, this guy here, he's like painting this giant mural of a thing he doesn't really know about. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I know something big and crazy happened. I talked to the one guy here who knows about it. Well, who like was there in some regard? So it's like, that's. I don't know. I like the idea of like one person left who's yeah. kind of holding on, but everyone else is just like gone. Because I like... mean, that's 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 kind of how it goes, right? Like, uh, with with everything, like um, anything like from a long time ago that's been translated, like the Bible, for instance. Not to like bring that up or anything, but like that's been translated five thousand years ago. So like the last person who actually knew the true story died, and then all we have left is what the Bible tells us, right? Yeah. So, like, it's the same thing with this. When the librarian dies, all we have left is, like, the records that he leaves behind. Um, there, it, I There's not a whole lot in this issue. They come up more. But I really like just, like, screwing with folklore. Mm -hmm. So, like, at one point, the, the plane's called the Albatross. And you kind of think, like, oh, that's a that's a bad name. That's like a, a, that's like a giant bird <laughs> that, like, gets killed really easily. And it's, like... Oh, it's like an albatross around your neck. It's this kind of, it's not a cool name for a plane. And then later on, Summer, like, explains why it's named that. And it's just clear that she thinks an albatross is a phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, oh yeah, there's this this legend of this bird that was like a, a big magical bird. It would be reborn in fire. It's perfect for my plane, an albatross. <laughs> So we see right here is uh, Summer reaching the library and uh, that infamous part we were talking about earlier where this this girl's inquiring about what's on her face. Uh, did someone poke it on? And then she's like, maybe I'll poke your eye out too and we can match and see her running off crying. Um, yeah. And then the librarian, like you said, you know, don't scare them off. It's hard to get them to read anything in old English. So what what are they? What's the new language now? Is it new English or? It's just just the most like corrupt garbled english i could make <laughs> have you ever uh you ever read paper girls uh i don't believe so paper girls uh is honestly it's probably like my favorite comic but um they have characters who come from the future and in their speech bubbles they kind of write <laughs> like uh like a really bad text message mm -hmm. and so the characters are always like i think i know what you're saying but i'm not 
really sure. That's kind of what uh what um modern English is now. Is just sort of like very garbled, very uh kind of hard to spar- parse, but like if you stare at it long enough you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I love right here too. Uh, he's like, you know, you got my books and films. You're two years overdue, and it's not. If I love this part so much because, like, I, I really thought this was really in depth. It's not about the cost. Uh, he's preserving the film and records and books of the pre-American uh, war. So, like, this is like pieces of history that's invaluable. You can't put a price on it. And uh, he's like, how, how do I know you're going to bring the next batch? And then right here, she's like, <laughs> I brought interest and like brings him more like artifacts and reels and stuff. So. I really love this like dialogue and this interaction, like how she's bringing him more history uh, in order to replace the the one from two years ago. Yeah, there's. I've had so many people be like, "Oh, viewfinder," or uh, "Oh, viewmaster," the viewmaster disc. Oh yeah, the you I, you know um maybe maybe I'm sure my age here. I remember these reels too, though. You know. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the reels. <laughs> Oh man, I wonder if they still do that for movie theaters, or is everything digital on their end? Most things are digital, but like, they still make films for a good chunk of stuff. I saw, I saw the last Mad Max on film, so like, they definitely make films. Also, the great get, I really, I really wanted to do stuff about media, Mm -hmm. and I was really afraid of doing anything that was copyrighted. So it's all the most goofy public domain things every time. <laughs> so it's like, oh, there's The Great Gatsby, because that was in public domain, like, three months before I finished this. That's so awesome. So you could get away with it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the one... Fi- I keep I keep needing movies. I keep needing people to talk, like, look at movies. And the list of public domain movies is actually... The list of public domain movies that anyone's ever heard of or like are kind of fun is really short. <laughs> so I keep ending up using Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> and there's something really funny to me about like characters being like so so uh like concerned with the old world and preserving history. It's like we have to preserve film. These things are magical. And it's like, if you showed Plan 9 from Outer Space to a guy who's never seen a movie before, he will think it's the greatest movie he's ever seen. <laughs> so what film is this right here? Uh, is there any Easter egg with this scene in particular? Oh, that's Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, that's what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what, what's Avi uh, Gardi mean? Is that, is that what it means in French? Oh, uh, that's... No, he's, they're just talking about something else. She's she's making fun of uh, fancy French movies. Oh, and she, I got you. Yeah. So he goes, uh, "Oh, the French were the masters of the avant-garde," and she goes, "Is avant-garde French for unwatchable?" Mm. I got you. And then right here, more pulp and fantasy. So is this like a nod, maybe to Pulp Fiction? It was just a nod to like she she actually has like some. Um, preferences now that she's like borrowed and found so many things and he's just like you don't you want like goofy adventure stuff you don't want uh you know my avant-garde french films anymore (laughs) (laughs) and then right here we start getting the uh the 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 introduction to uh the atomborn so um an atomborn hasn't dared come into 
to uh, three miles into the city in you know five years but whenever they do get close um they have things for them you know like sirens and um ballistas armed with the lead bol bolts uh, to repel them so i thought the lead bolts were uh pretty pretty um important you know what's the significance of that because you actually see her shoot one you know does does lead have any sort of property you you actually you're able to contain uh nuclear stuff with lead aren't you yeah so so like lead <laughs> the atom born have kind of weird rules they have a little bit of like vampire rules of mm -hmm. like it's really hard to even hurt them so they've they figured out that like all right we can't kill them but like our norm, like you hit them with a normal weapon, like a lead weapon made out of steel, it just bounces off of them. You hit them with a weapon made of lead, it will cut them, like it will hurt them. Mm -hmm. So that comes up later. Char like another character like hits an atom born with an axe, and the axe just shatters. But like Summer is like, I these are the people I am afraid of. These are these are the things that I'm afraid of are these wizards. Mm -hmm. I I am putting lead weaponry in everything I do. <laughs> so we see her head back to the hangar and she notices that the little boy is actually working on the plane and she she starts like kind of getting upset here. You know, you're sitting here, you're eating, what are you doing? And she's like, No, I'm the one eating. He's the one working on engine three. And then this this kind of where we get the idea that uh, he she brought him off a roach trader, uh, and uh, that she pretty much has been having him do all her work ever since. Yeah. Also, she's eating the giant the giant larva. Yeah. <laughs> and then this was a really interesting scene too. This was a little bit of a flashback. So she's hanging out on the bench in the hangar, and then we get a little bit of a flashback of what was going on. And uh, th this was really interesting. I loved how you kind of did this where. You had her like fall asleep and wake up to the sound of a, an alarm going off. Yeah, the siren. The, yeah, it's the siren for the the city. It's like, oh no, there is an atom born coming. We need to get ready to shoot him with mm -hmm. a bunch of lead and get him out of here. It's like to hell with this, and we and see she's her. just like, I am not dealing with this. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> I am not going to sit here and defend the city. This is this is my my like my uh break point is like i will help with stuff i will come i'll bring supplies i'll bring movies i'll do all that stuff i'm not going to fight adam born mm -hmm. i am leaving we see her start flipping uh the switches and she starts to take off and then there's uh some interesting people on the plane as well so oh, yeah, this I, I this was like one of my favorite interactions um like just because like everything uh they, they try to do to get past her you know, so we see the one armed with a little crossbow right here. Yeah, he's got and, a little uh, crossbow. Yeah, I love it because he goes, uh, like, she's like, all right, well, let's do this. And she dumps it and then throws them off. And then he shoots her, but she blocks it with her hand. So I love how, like, they go to attack her and anything that would have hurt her or, like, dismantled her, uh, they're hitting the arm. Like, right here with the knife. Yeah, um, stabs she's, her. she's yeah. very much like, what do I have right now? Oh, I have an arm that they can't hurt. Let's mm -hmm. lean into that. Stabs the dude in the neck, you know, rips it out of her hand, stabs him in the neck with the crossbow. And then uh, the knife right here, right in the arm. And then, you know, she rips it out to show him it's, a, you know, a metal arm. And I love this part in particular, you know, he, he has her, uh, starts to overpower her. And this was the part we were talking about earlier where I was like, damn, dude, this part was like just so graphic. You know, we get a look at what's under that eye mask. So we, we, we go down here and we get the close up and it's just so graphic. You know, you see her teeth. 
you see the eye ripped out here and she's like now we match baby doll stabbing him in the eye i was like dude what what a brutal like redemption i love it so much like what inspired you to have her so like horrifically like disfigured like this um you know i she <laughs> she did not start off that disfigured she started <laughs> off as um the first version of it she had like you know like a line scar through her eye and her eye was like white so it was like all right and then i was like all right i can't i can't reasonably have a character who's named who's like called an aviatrix all she does is fly a plane and she has no depth perception so let's give her like a big big like meaty prosthetic eye and so like I ended up drawing this thing that covered most of her face. And so after that, I was going like, all right, I need to have some sort of reveal for like what is under there. Like really sell home. Like, no, it's a big prosthetic eye. Mm -hmm. This is what it's like. This is what her face actually looks like. And then it was just, um, drawing. I, I knew I needed it to be kind of gnarly. So I drew one version of it and I sent it to a friend of mine. Who's like a little <laughs> bit squeamish and he was like this is fine and then i'm like all right so i redrew it again i need to get like, a better reaction out of him like, this is better <laughs> and then the third one where i think the third one was the one where i was like you could see her teeth and he was like this is this is terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> like all right that's the one i'm going with i want it to be like there is always that worry that you'll just make something nasty enough mm -hmm. that you're like you, nasty enough that it grosses out some people or other people just tune it out kind of you ever play <laughs> i always think of the mortal combat problem where there's like so much violence in such a goofy way that it just doesn't register at all it's like oh no that man pulled out that other man's entire oh, yeah. skeleton <laughs> his and whole skeleton and, fell out and, and then it's like, that friendship above him what does this mean <laughs> yeah but so like that that violence but to a cartoon degree is a thing i'm afraid of but i think this is a good amount of like gross and unpleasant and you get why like this mm -hmm. upsets her like it's it's a gnarly thing so like that would that would you know hurt your heart a little bit to have this be your face it's like it's hard to have like such a gnarly scar all so, right yeah. so he goes to, she goes to put it back on and then dumps them both out of the plane and then this is when she discovers there's a stowaway. It was the, the little boy who's working on Engine 3. Um, and this is kind of when we start to get a good idea of what he's capable of. He was working on the heart when the plane started moving. Uh, and then they see something, you know, they're, they're, they're in, in, in the chain, middle of that exchange. And then there's something on the runway. There's a man. And then we get a little throwback to this guy. So it, it very, it, I, I, I just love like, this is all Russian right here. Yeah, it's just Russian. <laughs> and then she's like, she realizes, like, that's no man. Um, <laughs> and then right off the rip, dude, this dude just starts going ham, just screaming Russian at him, hitting him with lightning bolts left and right. <laughs> it's hey, man, you you gotta you gotta write what you want to draw. No, I love it. I love it. So, and this guy is relentless. He does not let up at all. Oh no, he's a he's a bastard. <laughs> We have uh, some friends over on Twitch saying one man pulling out stuff for another man, uh, uh, Rasputin. Uh, I, I, but I butchered that one. I am just butchering words left and right today. And we have Patrick Raider saying this looks awesome. Yeah, I love this so much. And then this guy, he's just 
just going insane. So Henry's going to be capable of uh, this power as well. Oh yeah, Henry. Henry starts blasting pretty soon. Henry. Henry. Like, I mean, I have a bunch of issues. You can read a bunch. Henry like very quickly figures out how to do the big lightning, and he's just. He's a little boy. He's like, this is too much. I do not like this. I do not, I do not like that I am, like, the only one who can fight this wizard. I don't want to fight people. Mm -hmm. So, and the, honestly, I, I, that, that's what I'm trying to go with more of the tension than, like, ooh, can he win? It's like, we're we're asking a 10-year-old to fight, like, a 90-year-old wizard. Wizard. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's not a good thing. And we see things are starting to get very complicated very quick. Uh, she acknowledges he can't even aim, but she's worried about the heart. So we see him going here, and this is when we get a big picture at what's running this airplane. And it's an old, old atomic bomb. There's a lot of corrosion on it. A lot of tubes coming out left and right. And uh, yeah, just the look on his face right here when he goes to look at it. I love it. Just the He's like, what the fuck's going on, man? <laughs> he's like, I'm... I was just on the ground. <laughs> and this then, um, yeah, right here, she. Uh, this is where we learn that he could uh, really, really start to talk to them because he's saying it's still pumping, everything's fine. And then she's like, what do you mean? Uh, did you say it, it's sad? And then uh, it's not long before this guy comes back out. You know, and he his face reminds me of uh, who the, uh, Cyrus from uh, Con Air. Uh, he's been in so many different other roles too. Uh, you know who I'm talking about though? Uh, the dude, uh, I got I got I don't think so. I just remembered Con Air. <laughs> Dude, oh my, when Nicolas Cage gets off the airplane. Uh, Cyrus the Virus. So, uh, what's his name? Uh, John uh, Mik uh, Mikulevich. He's been in a bunch of different things, too. I feel like Joe Rogan right now. Let's pull it up. Uh, so, he's been in a lot of movies. Holy crap. So, this dude was in Shattered, AVA, The Survivalist, Bird Box, uh, uh transformers dark uh dark of the moon uh, so yeah he's been he's yeah dude he, he 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 looks almost uh pretty close to him i love it um what what inspirations did you have for the wizard um i mean he's just frankly he's just like the most classic wizard to me he's like he's got the big hood he's you know you bald the the big flowing beard the, mm -hmm. the weirdly big eyebrows we have uh, a couple people asking where they can get this. Do you have it available uh, for purchase yet, or? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can just buy them on my website. I put the link to the website in chat, guys. You can read it for free, but the option to buy it is also there. I I like how you give both choices too. You know, you can read it or you could buy it. Oh yeah, I. I'll be honest. Um, I don't know. Like how. Let's let's be let's be frank for a moment. How many of us have never read a comic book online that we could have bought in a store? <laughs> I'm just going, I'm just going like, hey, here's a little bit of the, like, the Radiohead sort of, you know, pay what you want. You can watch it for free. If you want a paper one, I'll send it to you. I need, <laughs> I need some money for the paper one. If you just want to read the story, you can, you can read the story. We have I, uh, uh, my buddy Mark Stiles saying it's legit uh, Rasputin, uh, the Russian wizard. Yeah, no, he he legitly, this is all Russian that he's screaming out. It's funny. It's I, I love it, dude. It's all It all comes from uh, Chernobyl, uh, the, the nuclear part. So uh, I thought that was a really nice little touch you added. You, like, everything just starts connecting so well. Oh, thank you. 
I don't know. I just, he's the classic wizard. Maybe he's the classic <laughs> wizard because of Rasputin. But he's the classic wizard. So right here, we see her asking if he knows how to, sh if she, he knows how to fire it. And he's like, the what? <laughs> and then she's like, hold this thing. I'm going to go get it. And I love it right here too. She's like, you know, who the hell decided uh, you can't fire the cannon from the pilot's seat? So that little throwback there, because it's such an old school plane. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> this is a part I put in originally this, this, uh, this page just didn't have these top three panels. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking up like how this plane works. And it's like, oh, this plane is not a fighter plane. It is a very big, slow bomber. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> meant to be run by like 10 people. Mm -hmm. So if you want to shoot any of the guns, you can shoot the guns from like five different seats, but none of them are the seats that fly the plane. <laughs> And it would be scary as hell, too, because you're, like, right here. So if, if he hits you, you're falling out. You're dead. Oh, yeah. You're in, you're in the little glass, like, greenhouse part to shoot the gun. And then right here, we see that Summer is able to hit him right in the freaking face. Oh, uh, with, with, with a lead bolt. Uh, take, and we, we, we're, we're led to believe that she takes him out because it, it goes right through his face. Uh, but that's not the case because he just simply grabs it and just yanks it right out of his face. And now he is horrifically scarred himself. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, everyone's losing their eye. What's going on? <laughs> I just, I love asymmetry. <laughs> I just want everyone to be as asymmetrical as possible. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he's like, not exactly. I love that little moment too. This poor little boy is just scared shitless. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's not pumped. He's... So then uh, Summer decides if, you know, for slow, if slow moving target, you know, really emphasizing on that plane, let's go into the cannon to kind of break away. And, you know, things look like they're starting to get away. This dude, though, this wizard has other plans as he freaking gets a flying lizard dragon to, to, to chase him down with. It was at this moment. I'm like, OK, the Mad Max wizard. It makes sense now. It makes sense now. <laughs> look, you got you to gotta write what you want to draw. So what is this creature if you had to give it a name? Oh, uh, they say, they say it later on. Give me give me half a second, because it's like <laughs> at one point a character is like, oh man, remember when we outflew that dragon? And the librarian's just like, that's not a that's not a dragon. It's just a it's a giant mutant lizard. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dragons aren't real. That that excuse me, that is a that is a uh, Quinquifarius Catias. A, <laughs> a Draco Quinquifarius Catias. A kind of uh, kind of rare flying lizard. That is I could mutated. not say that five times fast. I could not. We have uh, people saying the art is amazing. I think the art is gorgeous. Buster drew and scripted this four issues. Uh, 40 to 50 pages each issue uh, in two years. That's it's insane. That is insane. You gotta flip through issue four at the end of this, because like that's when the art starts to get good. <laughs> this whole entire time he's cringing. He's like this son of a bitch. Oh, so I, I love we, we got this scene of uh of this uh not dragon flying lizard chasing that I could not pronounce that to save my life. Uh, and you get a real big size comparison too. This thing is freaking massive. Oh yeah. I mean you. You have this giant airplane. What is scary to a giant airplane? Something else bigger than flies. <laughs> the the air the apex airplane. <laughs> yeah. 
And then uh, we got a nice little paneling right here, kind of, you know, the pilot, and then we have him on a uh, lizard back. And then she gets a good idea, you know. She, I, I like this little pivot too, where uh, she's like, you know, I got, I got the right plan just for him. Let's just call it Josh. <laughs> the lizard. You just call it the dragon. I just, I'll be frank. Every, every part where I'm like making notes, I'm just the dragon. Do it, kid. And then, uh, you know, he has pretty good accuracy taking out this cliff. Uh, he, he goes to scream out some Russian, but not in time as this whole entire thing just lands on him. Uh, I, I love this part too. All these boulders taking down this huge drag and just, and then, and then the bubbling, the lettering right here. Um, I really liked how you guys did this or you did. I almost said you guys, uh, did the sound effect. It's, it's still, it's still like insane. Hard to comprehend. You did this by yourself, man. It's awesome. Do you, do you not get a lot of, uh, writer artists? No, I do. I do. Yeah, you just you go for it, man. It's it's still it's dude. So I'm I'm just a consumer. For me, like I I, I could not draw a, a stick person to save my freaking life. Uh, so like to, like I look at this, I'm like, okay, this dude did like 250 pages in two years. I could not. I could maybe do three pages. Like <laughs> I could maybe write, but I could maybe draw three pages. Like so, when I get an art like a a writer creator writer artist, I just am like always so mind blown because I create a process. It's like you guys are like ascended super saiyans. Like you know what I mean? Oh man, well, it's it's like a, it's a snowball. To be fair, the first like the first like six months were definitely like, ooh, maybe I do a page like every two weeks, mm -hmm. and now I'm just like, I have to redraw the faces and for fifty pages. That might take me like a hot weekend. <laughs> oh man, this is is so insane! Holy crap, I I I love it. And then right here to the paneling, like this was your first issue. So like this type of stuff, like I, I just love how like you were able to do it. You know what I mean? Like, did you do like a lot of studying for like comic paneling or like any re extensive researching? Cause your panels, like for someone for their first issue, the way you did it, like it just, it's, it's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I read a lot. I read a lot of things that were like how to make comics. Mm -hmm. I just like always read a bunch of stuff. So I was like, the first thing I thought of was like, let's, as much as people, you know, like Watchmen, let's avoid all the grids as much as we can. Let's avoid the like things that are a little bit, you know, square all the time and try and have things breaking out and try and have things a little bit, uh, you know, you, you go for it. You, you draw everything, you like plan everything in thumbnails, like really small drawings. Mm -hmm. And then when you're going to like make the real page, you kind of have to reevaluate and be like, is this good enough? Is this bold enough? Are things like coming towards the camera or are things kind of flat? So it's just, you know, constant reevaluation and, and choosing to like try and push what you're doing. Yeah, I really think you were able to bring a lot of life to it, too, with the different, like, pr perspective views and, like, just how everything looks. Like, right here, this in, in particular, how he's shooting up. Like, I thought this was done, like, so awesome compared to, like, right here where he's, like, kind of flying down. So, like, the way you were able to transition those those views was done, you know, really awesome, I felt. So, this is kind of where we get a feeling that he might be dead. We, we you know, we get the idea he might be down, out of the count. His flying lizard is definitely not faring well. Uh, <laughs> not, doing great. not doing too hot uh, but then there's a hand that just pops out this dude just does not give up and he he's able to blast the left wing 
Um, it, uh, so it's uh, someone in chat saying it reminds them of the Sega Genesis Comic Zone. I get a lot of the Comic Zone vibes to it too. Uh, that was such a good game. That is such a compliment. I, I, I forgot. I forgot a, about that game. Reach, but it's such a compliment. That's so cool. <laughs> and then we have Henry right here. Did we get him? Did we get him? And uh, <laughs> Summer's like, I think we got each other. So we see Summer. She's tasked with the mon the, the huge feat of landing this thing uh, without crashing. Because this is the only airplane. If you crash it, you're you're done. And uh, she, she's able to put it down. And uh, then we get the idea that you know things are not looking too hot for him. The the engine's a little toasted. She's working on it. Then she hears this weird crunching sound, and she looks off in the distance, and it's none other than this <laughs> this unrelenting wizard. Coming out of death to take these two down. Um, but Summer has an idea. Uh, and I, I really thought this part of it was really interesting. Well, I, I think she needs... She's still got to learn something before she has an idea, I think. So they need to take off, but... Yeah, she's like, let's dip. Yeah, and right here is where she has that moment of realization. And Adam Born, the kid, the kid is an Adam Born. So I, I love how she kind of like, is, she's like starting to sweat, she's starting to freak out, and then she has that one clear moment of clarity where everything's making sense. Yeah, she sees the kid doing this giant weird ritual with the bomb trying to figure out. <laughs> He's trying to be like, I'll I'll help, I'll, fig I'll talk to the engine. And she's like, oh my God, <laughs> oh no. And yeah, she starts to lose. He's a damn Atomborn. Like, so is she, is she like mad that he could potentially like be turned into the wizard or is she mad that she, it took that long to realize it um uh, she's just like she does not like these wizards these mm -hmm. wizards have been very cruel to her so the idea that that like oh no now i have to deal with this boy wizard just like she's immediately filled with like a little bit of fury and then she kind of that's why it's got the shaking hand and then the mm -hmm. like calmer hand it's like all right he is he is a boy he's not he's not the wizard that's outside he's he's a boy we're gonna we're gonna deal with this as it comes and then right here this is where she comes up with her big master plan and i i i love this part so she's like it's okay but i have an idea you know we're both in trouble we're both knee deep in it but we're gonna get out of here so she just rips this from the wall yeah she rips out one of the big like tube sort of mechanical with, with the uh, the yeah the the nuclear uh fuel like type stuff and uh we see her she's getting ready to meet this wizard head to head i thought this was pretty like a pretty ballsy move to come out here right in the open and um we see right here she kind of get an idea of what she's thinking of you know the words i remember and we've seen that she's gone up against this particular wizard uh what was he asking here what, what so what is this uh corium so so corium in real life is what they call uh, the material when a nuclear reactor melts down and it just like melts all of its stuff together. Um, in this world, corium is kind of it's still like nuclear material, mm -hmm. but so like the Atomborn uh, use nuclear material to kind of like beef up their powers. So that's why the wizard has these like big uh, these big rods hanging from his neck. And Henry has to like kind of plug into the the nuclear reactor in the plane. Yeah, right here. Yeah, it really like beefs up their power. So he's like, "Where is the corium? Uh, this is a thing I care about." And she's like, "I do not like you." 
<laughs> go to hell. And then uh, he hits her with the spell. Yeah. Uh, is this what is this, this is what I, I'm assuming took off her arm too? Because yeah. that's the same arm that's uh, metal. Yeah. So she repeats that, uh, and then he has no idea. He, he he repeats it in a questioning state, and he's like, "What?" And then all of a sudden, his eyes and his mouth just open up, and then boom, just like annihilates as a wizard. I, so I love that twist where she finds out he's an Adam born, and then she almost like uses uses him as like the transit to like just take out this dude with all that nuclear power oh yeah she definitely is just like oh i have a weapon i will point this boy like a gun <laughs> <laughs> and this completely just like disintegrates him you know he already had half a missing face but now he is just bone he is and uh blasted to the bones henry's having a hard time he's like wait did i just do that like was that me uh, and like, there's just, he's like, we, we have a, a classic, uh, what is it? Luke's uncle and aunt right here moment where they're just smoldering in ash. <laughs> he's just cooked. He's just a skeleton. And, uh, yeah, Henry's having a, he's just not coming to terms with it. He doesn't want to kill anyone. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. And, uh, this is where we get the, we actually get their names. So this whole entire issue, we had no idea what their names were, but this is summer. And then this is, was Henry. And I love how you said this was right on the nose. Henry Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. I, I love I love just doing goofy names so it's like he's Henry Oppenheimer most on the nose name you could have and then like the weird the like grizzled kind of mean worldly pilot is named Summer which I thought was the like most like nice flowery name you could give mm -hmm. someone alright um, so we see here right here Henry's talking to the plane uh, Summer wants to know, and he's saying it won't it, it won't be fast, but it'll fly. So they're they're still struggling by uh, to get off the ground. You can get by with two engines, probably. But that's not all, because we see we see him get back up again. This dude is he he's he's not he's not going down without a fight. But that's it. That's all you guys get. If you want to read issues two, three, and four. Right here's the link be sure to check it out and then you could also buy a copy too um you did say you want to check out issue four though so let's go ahead and pull yeah. that up can you flip through four just like a little bit mm -hmm. we don't have to read it i just want to show people art i think it's cool you can go to you can click on comics and then yeah so right here is a really interesting so this is where i kind of got that mount rushmore i really love how this dude's wearing a gas mask too oh yeah i I really loved the, uh, oh, what is it? The giant, like, king and soldier uh, statue in Lord of the Rings. That was mm -hmm. what I was thinking of here. It's just like, oh, somebody just made these giant things. All right, so let's go ahead. We're going to take a look at the, Wow, you could tell, like, the art has definitely, like, you, you've, been, you've been doing this for a couple of issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel I, like, too. Just like using black ink more helps. Just mm -hmm. the, the detailing, like the rivets right here and the cracks in the welder mask. Oh, and this is where she has a. Uh, so she has the corium. Yeah. Well, we, we're skipping ahead, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh. So is this is someone new too? This isn't the original like uh the uh person who owns Henry. No, that's another character. Oh, but she has like an arm. It looks like too in her suitcase. Oh yeah. There, we're skipping a bunch yeah, of stories. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, oh, okay. So issue three, I remember on the cover of issue three, you see her arm kind of broke off. So I'm assuming yeah. at this point she's missing her arm and she's looking to replace it. Yeah. 
Okay, I gotcha. She's ready to fight her with an arm and a stump. Let's go. <laughs> you want to catch the smoke? Uh, but we see she's still very capable. Holy crap. <laughs> I just like the idea of two of a character being like, we're going to fight to settle this. So she's like, I don't have, a I'm missing a hand. Like, you're going to win. So the other character's like, all right, hand behind the back. Let's go. <laughs> At least she had the honor to do it, though. She, no, she doesn't. She oh, no, yeah, she, she throws sand. <laughs> pocket she sand. starts cheating. Is, is this the pocket sand reference? I love it. I just love the, like, grab the sand, throw mm -hmm. it in the face. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, this art definitely has... you. It's it's definitely, like... What what are some of the different things you started doing uh, between issue one and issue four? Like, some of the techniques, like, some of the things you learn along the way? I mean, well, first off, this is, def this is all uh, drawn on the computer. So, like, that definitely changed things. Um, I don't know, just being... I think... I think every new artist is a little bit afraid to be as bold with black as they should be. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, there, there's a level of like, if I put all of this in shadow, people are going to think I'm lazy or like, I don't know how to draw it. And then you get better and you're like, I should just put all this in shadow because it'll look cooler. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's the, that's the thing I think of the most of just like boldness is... Um, the shadows are all black mm -hmm. just every kind of drop shadow and thing just like scroll to the middle we're not really reading it we're just like yeah yeah yeah. I, I love how you have these uh huge cockroaches pulling this car pulling the camper <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i just wanted to sneak that car in there i'm like how else can i get this in here all right oh, there's so the page that's the cover that looks so different without the colors too well it's yeah i tried did to you do did you do the colors for the uh, the cover as well uh, oh, that's a that's a different drawing. I'm sorry. Well, I, I meant like uh, for but for uh, for the covers. Did you do colors as well? Oh yeah. Here you want to you want to see? I'll be. The covers are just like watercolor paintings. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Absolutely, that'd be cool. Yeah, the <laughs> the car uh, the cockroaches the car cockroaches. I thought that was a really interesting take on it too. Oh, so you actually painted those and then uh, uploaded them? Huh? I'm sorry. You, you painted them and uploaded them? Yeah, they're just That's like really cool. paintings. I don't know. I love it, dude. That is so cool. That's so cool. I, thank you. I, I love kind of seeing the behind the scenes. Because I, I, I never would have guessed. Uh, what, what we'll do is after we scroll through some of this, we'll uh, we'll pull up uh, that, that cover so you guys can see what it looked like. But I like how this is, too. Like the way you said you weren't afraid to go like as as black as possible and bold so the way this kind of bleeds into the the whole like play page with the different panelings like in it yeah this is cool oh thank you yeah you know, so this isn't a cave it looks like this might actually be like a dead animal that they're inside of oh no it's it's a cave it's just like <laughs> caves kind of you know no they, i got you i got you this this is like a weird famous famous this is um <clears throat> yucca mountain which mm -hmm. is like a place where they considered storing a bunch of nuclear waste and it has this giant steel pipe that runs along it i gotcha so, i got gotcha. you so, no that is so cool that you took so much stuff that actually happened and put it into your books like that you know i never even knew they had something like that well they keep to to be fair it's a thing they keep debating on whether using or not and they're like i don't know about this also it's what? fun it, hmm? 
I was gonna say, uh, speaking of that, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but there's a, there's actually a, like a cheese cave out there. I just recently learned about it, like yesterday. There's like, it's like, oh, so, it, ha it has like a million pounds of cheese in it. What, and, the National Cheese Reserve? Yes, yes, that's a thing. Like Ronald Reagan signed the bill. I can't believe I memorized it, but signed the bill and then they had like, they, they bought up all the cheese they could and they had no idea where to put it. So they made a cave and put it, it's like the cheese cave. <laughs> you, can have a, you can have a cheese cave. So they come into, is this another dragon or what is this? Oh no, he lived. <laughs> he, uh, you know, much like every character, he lost an eye. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, he's he's back. I, I drew that page of him dying and then I was like, and then he has another dragon that he breeds. And then I'm like, oh, whatever, just bring the other one back and give him a big scar. I love like, this too, where you uh, shadowed out their faces, but you still had like defining features like the eye right here. The eye and the blonde hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I <laughs> I know every the the crisis of making comics and getting better is that you know if you if you make a series, you know people are gonna read issue one first, and then you know the last issue is gonna be the best looking one. Mm -hmm. So it's always a little bit of like, well, I want you to read my story, but I want you to see the best parts. <laughs> I love this too, how they're using the little bug as like a, a lantern. Oh, yeah. Here, this next page is my favorite from this, I think. Oh, this is gorgeous. So is this a huge spider? Or is this still part? This looks like oh, a huge no, ass that's a giant spider. <laughs> yeah, that looks, I was gonna say that looks like a huge ass. Like this almost looks like the Black Widow marking right there. Oh, yeah. This is just a giant Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> be, oh wow dude this is gorgeous i love this uh you definitely uh played a lot around with the blacks a lot on this yeah this is good this is gorgeous did you have a lot of experience drawing like insects and bugs because it seems like you're really like killing it um i mean i guess i don't know i just practiced a bunch <laughs> i was just like i really want to learn how to draw bugs really well and the trick to learning how to draw bugs is that you very quickly realize that nobody really knows exactly how bugs look, so you, <laughs> should, you should change things to make their designs better. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know spiders have eight <laughs> eyes. They don't really look like that, but, like, you know, that's what looks cool. That's what's fun mm -hmm. to draw. <laughs> kind of bulb, bubble things. All right. Well, I don't want to spoil too much of issue four. It looks like as soon as they get out of the cave, they run into another mysterious person in a cloak that looks kind of familiar. But I think right there would be a perfect time to uh, that's, that's great. Yeah. leave the cliffhanger. So, wow. What an awesome, awesome interview. Thank you so much for going through issue one with us. Uh, that was just it was awesome. Uh, spiders are the cutest bugs out there. If you look at them from really if, if you look at them. Uh, really close up like some of the spiders I can get like some of the ones that are like furry okay. they got the little toe beans yeah uh, a yeah, black sure. widow though there's nothing cute about a black widow <laughs> I've seen black widows and I've, I've run from them yeah those are, not a, those are not a fun spider so a uh, buster for anyone out there that is like I get you know I used I often use this question as like a campaign or a Kickstarter question but we can kind of spin around for something that'll benefit you too for anyone that's out there I guess that's on the fence about buying your book physically or even just taking a chance to read it uh, what would you like to say to them to kind of just encourage them to take a look at it um I don't know I I think 
It is, it's a thing that I love to draw, and I think that shines through. I think if you read it, you will, you will appreciate on some level, like, this is a thing that was made with not even joy, but just, like, fun. Mm-hmm. It is a very fun sort of fun and grim adventure. And speaking of that, right there is that cover next to us. So anyone that's watching, right there is the painting that he did of the arm. Uh, that's so cool. I love that. So real quick, we're getting ready to wrap it up. I always love finishing strong. So Buster, for anyone that's watching, uh, nine times out of 10, you know, I love using this as a platform to promote you, to promote your book. But that one, that one out of 10, it's also like a great learning tool for any creator out there that's looking to kind of just get started on their own. You know, they take, you know, little little pieces of, of wisdom or, or, or tips and take it out and, you know, start their own comic. So for anyone that's new and they're having trouble just getting started, just getting the pencil to the paper, getting the script started, or even just getting the art started, what advice would you give them to kind of just get through that initial thing that's stopping them to just get started? Um... What is a good advice? What is good advice for people that are worried about getting started? I mean, I hate the like just do it advice, so I'm not going to say that. Um, Everybody says <laughs> yeah, it's true, but it also sucks. It's true, but it's bad advice. It's like, how do I fix my car? I don't know. You fix the car. It's like, that's not helpful, man. Um, I would say that. The thing that helped me is like, um, even even when you look at art that you feel like is not as good as you want, ninety five percent of people are just gonna think it's cool. Like ninety, most people just think of think of art as like really rad, even if it's a little bit you know a little bit sketchy or not quite as good as you want. So like, don't worry so much, and also. I know I made I made like a big ridiculous thing with a lot of world building stuff. You could just make a simple story. People like simple stories. Make a thing that's two pages long. Make a thing that's like that's eighteen panels long. If you can do a you can do a cool story in eighteen panels. And like then you have a thing that you can show people. So that's that's my advice. Don't be afraid to be simple and don't be afraid to be short and sweet and just, you know. When I love that. When it when it's 18 panels and not 18 pages, it's a very different level of entry. It's a very mm-hmm. different level of commitment and I think uh I think that uh, makes it more like you can wrap your head around it. And you can give it a give it a shot. No, I love that. Thank you so much, because that, that is definitely something that's a little bit different than we're used to hearing. And I think, you know, starting off small, you know, really helps because like a lot of people do dive in. You know, you dove into something that was like 40 pages. Uh, you got it done, though. Um, but you yeah, are but different I, than I, other I'm people. Insane. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a reasonable example. Me, too. Like you, you were like, dude, you must be doing these every day. I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, you've done so much. You might do it. Yeah. Are you doing them every day? I'm like, yeah, like, that, that's to me. That's like two, two like minds. I would never tell anyone like, hey, do what I do. You'll love it. Like, because I love it, but I'm built for this. You know what I mean? Like everyone else? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. 
So guys, with that being said, that does wrap up our talk with Buster. This was such an awesome interview. For anyone that's interested, we put the link in the chat. Be sure to check it out. I had such an awesome time. Thank you for coming on to the show. Oh, Breaking down issue one and just everything in between, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. This was, Absolutely. This was so uh, what you're working on issue four now, when can we expect issue number five? Oh boy. Um, definitely after that Comic-Con. I have to... <laughs> Fingers crossed we can find some, like, a publisher or somebody to mm -hmm. work with. But after that, then then we'd start working on issue five, I guess. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe I'll make something completely different. Hey, well, if you make something completely different or issue five, I'd love to get you back on and break it down once again more in-depthly. Uh, this was an awesome time. Guys, I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. It is beautiful out there. But most importantly, keep it geekly.